What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast a resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Okay, so this is what's going to happen this week, guys. So uh, I am convinced that there is a curse. Um, whenever we record with anybody who has a great sounding microphone or uh, is a podcaster um, or has any sort of equipment whatsoever, um, something always happens on my end. And I want to come out forthright and say this. I don't sound very good in this episode until the very end. Because I hit uh, stop recording on accident, and I'd hit keep recording um, pretty quickly, and uh, that's when like all my settings kind of like snapped together, and I sounded much much better. Maybe the last minute and a half, two minutes of this episode. So um, be on the lookout for that. I kind of had a uh, when I record, I have my uh, Audio Technica uh, recording my voice usually. And then I also have kind of like Apple headphones um, that I listen and it'll help uh, filter out some other noises because I do get a lot from uh, my neighbors. Uh, they have a dog, so that is fantastic to kind of uh, work around. But um, I love dogs, but just not at three in the morning. Uh, and some other things are like sirens and stuff that I can't really like get through. Um but I'm pretty positive that when I recorded with Zencaster, it uh, defaulted to my headphones as my primary device. So it was picking up everything. If I were to move my feet on the carpet, you could hear it. Um, I have gotten that down significantly to... Uh, I, I, there's, there's a setting on here to where you can just eliminate all that, and I did. So the only thing that you'll really hear on my end is the questions I ask. Uh, might be laughing sometimes if if it weren't if it wasn't like out in the middle of a track somewhere. Uh, I kept it in. So um, those are the types of things, just just real normal. Uh, but you, you're probably going to be cringy because that's that's what I did. No amount of um, blood pressure medication could make my uh, blood pressure go down uh, earlier. So it, it plus it's uh, 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, and I'm exhausted, and I'm watching Stranger Things, and I hope that you all, uh, uh, are enjoying that show, or at least, uh, ways through that show, um, kind of want to be transparent and realistic here with you guys, and I've been wanting to do that more with different people, uh, I'm not doing so well lately, uh, haven't been able to go to the gym for about four weeks now, maybe even more than a month, more than that, maybe, um, and I won't be able to do that until later this week, so that is really taking out my mood, um, Plus, just being at a new spot, uh, routinely just uh, thinking to myself, like, you know, and, and you all, I'm sure, 
I gotta keep the only one that's thinking like, did I make the right choice? You know, um, until I heard the other day on the radio, uh, a song called right. I can't even, remember, I don't even know what the song was like, right where I belong like that. Um, heard that as I was literally driving past Memorial stadium, I was looking at it and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to kind of take your word for it here a little bit. Um, it happens a lot with me through music. I don't know about you guys, how signs happen for you, but, um, uh, yeah, I get that a lot through, through what's going on. Um, so what's going on this week? We have Katie Mucci, who has been on. Some of you know, some of you do not know. Uh, Katie was actually episode number 50 and I got, Morgan made me a cake for, uh, like a cookie cake for my 50th episode. Now Katie kind of returns as our 127th episode. So it's been quite a while. Uh, I will link in the description, show description, uh, the first episode that Katie ever came on. Um, it'll kind of go through a lot of what she was doing because she was previously in a conference office with the SCAC down in Georgia. Um, their closest conf- their closest member institution, I think, was in like Louisiana or Texas, and they were based in Atlanta. So that was quite interesting. Uh, took a job at a tornado. Still my favorite job acceptance uh, story ever, uh, which which is absolutely fascinating. And um, we'll also talk a little bit about, obviously, how she got to the Missouri Valley Conference and St. Louis. Uh, differences, obviously. I mean, it's Missouri Valley Conference. Um, being in a D3 conference office to being in a D1 conference office now. Uh, why she prefers that. Um how to build upon your relationship with your own conference office. If you, I mean, you can think to yourself right now and you can say, um, you know, my relationship with with some other SIDs or maybe even the conference office, um, not so great, not so hot. Uh, this is how we're going to kind of fix that. Maybe not us. It's up to you. Uh, cause it's not our job to fix your problems, but, um, we'll discuss a little bit how you can do that. Um, where, I mean, I'll just kind of go off here a little bit where I, you know, exactly where, who's at fault here. And you could say there and sit to yourself, like, they're not doing this, 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 and this. Um, it's really kind of boils down to you a little bit because you're here for the student athlete. And I'll say this in the episode, you're here for the student athlete. You're here to promote their story. You're here to make sure that they get um, the best college experience, basically. You're also here to uh, serve a university. You're also here to, um, and you're part of this profession because you love it. And sometimes you're thinking to yourself like, well, sometimes I don't love it, but you wouldn't be in this if you didn't. Um, and that can get misaligned a little bit. And we will talk about how to get that back on track. Um, and I mean, boils down to you. So do something about it. Because, like I said, 11 o'clock, I'm not really feeling it tonight. Feeling the hug, like, oh gosh, what's the word? Like fuzzy words. So it's your fault um, to fix your own relationships. And a great way of kind of doing that. And I know that I kind of sound harsh right now, but I'm about to give you a resource that will help you out a lot. There are two books by John Willink and Leif Babin um, called Extreme Ownership and the Dichotomy of Leadership. Uh, extreme ownership will, has helped me significantly through my previous depression. And even now, um, I should probably reread it because of all that's going on. Um, kind of puts the, not really the blame, but the responsibility on who exactly is making your life difficult 
and hint, hint, you, that person is sitting and listening to this episode right now. If there are multiple people, multiple people in the room, uh, it's not them. It's definitely you. So, uh, that's one way you can get that. Um, got mine off Amazon. I mean, you, you know where to find it. So I, I highly recommend reading that. Um, let's just start to sum it off a little bit, right? Let's get back on track guys. So, um, yeah, I, I told you a little bit about Katie Mucci so far. Uh, we will start off episode number 127 of SID cast with, uh, Katie Mucci and the Missouri Valley conference. And I can't rem- I can't believe that almost a year and a half ago, I was saying the, the SCAC at a Southern collegiate athletic conference, I think is what it's called, but it's absolutely incredible. And congrats to Katie. Um, we will start off episode 127 with her very first taste of sports formation, like usual, right here on SID Cast. Yeah, so I was born in Colorado. I moved when I was a baby. I was still two, and I moved to Texas and grew up there um, until I was in junior year of high school and then I moved around some more um ended up graduating high school in Iowa and didn't want to stay in Iowa I'd only been there for about nine months um and I didn't really like it uh no offense to Iowans but um so I wanted to or I was looking at schools on the west coast I liked it out there I lived in California for a bit um in high school and I liked it out there so I was kind of looking around there um and then my brother was going to college in Colorado so I ended up kind of choosing something that was driving distance to him. Um, so I went to Northern Colorado. He was down in um, Colorado School of Mines in Golden. Uh, it's about an hour away from each other, and that was nice to get a little bit away from my parents in Iowa, but then still have some family nearby. So I went to UNC, and I actually didn't even know Sports Info existed probably, my I guess, my first two years. Um, I My senior year, I guess what would can be considered my senior year because I graduated in three um, I, or just before that, I went to my academic advisor, talked to her and was like, I want to get into sports. You know, I'd done newspaper all through high school journalism and I was a journalism major and I was like, I want to get into sports in some way. Um, you know, what options are there that you know of? And she was like, well, you know, you can do an internship for credit. And, um, you know, we have obviously some options down in Denver. If you want to go down there, we have some connections to some pro teams or, if you want to stay on campus, you can do an internship with the sports info department. And I was like, okay, cool. I'd rather stay here. Um, I had a full-time job um, in retail that I was working in. So I was like, I'd rather just stay around campus, um, get to go do that. So I went and talked to our SID at the time, Heather Kennedy. And she was like, told me basically the whole rundown of the position. I didn't know that existed. I thought you just had like a writer and maybe some stats people. I didn't know it was like a position. Um, And this is in 2013, 2014. Um, And so social media was already existing, but it wasn't nearly what it is now. Um, And so she did all of our social. She she was a one-man shop for a D1 FCS school Mm -hmm. uh, with some GAs. So it was, you know, she did a lot of stuff. So she was obviously looking for any help she can get from someone who was actually interested in this field. And so I worked with her for, it was supposed to be a one semester internship and I ended up staying for the whole year. Um, And I got to have a sport. Um, I was the men's and women's golf contact. And then I helped out with all of our game days for basically every home sport we had um, and got really excited about it, really loved it. Um, She was obviously a great mentor for me to have, so that was cool. But then I was graduating and I was looking for jobs and I was applying for a lot in sports info, even though I knew like, 
the stat stuff I didn't really enjoy. Um, I didn't, you know, a lot of the writing I wasn't a huge fan of. I was a journalism major, but it was public relations and advertising um, as an emphasis. And so I wasn't a huge like writer. I mean, I was good at it. I had to take all the classes. I It's half my degree. Um, but I didn't love that part of it. And so I was looking for stuff like that, but I was also looking for some digital stuff and ended up kind of finding the, the sweet spot, I guess. Um, I actually didn't apply for the first job I got, the SCAC. Um, I put my resume on the COSIDA um, resume job seekers thing. I forget what the official title is. But um, so shout out to that. I put my resume up there and my boss at the SCAC actually emailed me and was like, hey, I saw your resume. Um, I think you'd be a good fit for this position we're hiring for. Here's the job description. If you're interested, um, can you just send in, you know, the the rest of the job stuff? So cover letter and references. And I was like, sure, sounds good. And so I sent it in. Um, and then it was a long process. They, um, I think they kind of went on vacation midsummer. So they started the process before and then had to kind of drag it out a little bit for them to be back in the office and ready to go. So I applied for it, um, I think like late May and didn't hear back until uh, late June, maybe. Um, and I was applying at the end of it, kind of. And so I was getting annoyed. And I told him that um, he knows that very well now, but um, I was getting annoyed. I was, you know, going for in-persons at a few other places, had a, a job offer that I turned down. Um, and it was kind of my top, my top or runner. I don't know what the, whatever I'm trying to say there, but um, it was the yeah, front that's runner. More, yeah. <laughs> that's the phrase, <laughs> the top runner. It's the front runner for me the whole time. Cause it was at a conference, which is pretty cool. I hadn't done that before, obviously. And um, it had a lot of graphics and social media parts of it. And then some of the, the SID stuff I kind of liked with somewhat of the writing, but not any of like the game day stats kind of stuff. And so it seemed like a really good fit for me. It was in Atlanta, which I thought was really exciting. Um, I love moving. I've moved, lived in six states now and I moved across the country into three high schools in three states. So I like moving. Um, and so I was excited to, you know, maybe get to the chance to go to a new place. And so it was definitely the front runner for me. They took for forever for the job search. Um, finally, late June, they do the phone interview and then they have a second round of interviews that's more like skill based. So we had to, um, it was during the World Cup in 2014. So we had to, you know, write a release and put together a graphic based on a World Cup game on the certain weekend um, and send that in so they could actually see your skills in action. And then um, they called me, brought me out to Atlanta for an interview, went really well. And then he, <clears throat> um, I lived in Iowa. So I was at my parents' house in Iowa this summer. And, you know, there's oh, tornadoes I remember there, this. which yeah. is the thing I don't really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess you've heard this before. And so I'm in the basement because there's a tornado warning or a tornado watch, warning, whatever it is. Um, there's one down the street is what I'm trying to say. And um, I get a call from Atlanta and I was like, oh, God. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hi, this is Dwayne Hanbury from the FCAC. And I was like, hey, um, just a quick note before you start on anything. Um, there's a tornado right now. So if I lose service, I'm not hanging up on you. I just, there's a tornado. And he was like, do you want me to call you back? And I was like, no, we're good. I'm just hanging out with my dog in the basement. And then he offered me the job. Um, and so luckily, you know, we didn't get hung up on and it was great. So I took the job pretty quickly after that. Um, and then pretty quickly from from there, moved out to Atlanta. I got to go to Indy. It was part of an NCAA grant. And so you got to go out to NCAA headquarters and um, do some orientation kind of stuff. And um, it was just a really good experience. I was there for the last four years. Um, and then I've been at the Valley for a year now. So 
that was the first job I had out of college. And up until the Valley, that was the only job I had out of college. Um, and I loved it there. It was a great experience. And then I just have now moved into my role at the Valley doing all of our digital and social. And then I am the sport contact for good old swimming and diving. Gotcha. So that's my, my, my trip here, I guess. Awesome. Well, um, I, I'm going to kind of go back a little bit, uh, through yeah. your whole entire story here. Um, you didn't know what an SID was in, in high school no. and everything like that. Neither did I. So it's completely fine. Neither did, <laughs> I would say, um, a hundred and uh, maybe 15 other people that have been on this show. I have no yeah. idea what that was. So, um, basically how do you think we can educate other people like younger students, even in college, you didn't know what it was. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was until I got to college my freshman year. How do you think is the, or what do you think is the best way we can go about kind of publicizing this profession or maybe educating more yeah. people about it? I think a huge part of it and COSIDA obviously has recognized this with a new committee they're adding um, is advocating for yourself. And that goes in a few different ways. Obviously it goes in the, the aspects of resources and pay, but it also goes in just the general awareness of you. Um, Obviously, we know SIDs love to promote other people and not themselves, but you have to promote yourself and then with that, your field. Um, So, you know, calling out when other SIDs are doing good things, that also helps. You know, if you call them out on Twitter and say, you know, my friend Olivia at Syracuse, they're going through a really hard time right now with the women's basketball team, had one of their best players diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, getting a lot of her SID friends and a lot of people in the SID role to show what a great thing she's doing people now might see that, realize she's an SID, be like, you know, what's an SID? Oh, you get to promote these stories. You know, that's a really cool thing. You know, I I like journalism, I like writing and getting to see that. So I think a lot of it's just advocating for yourself and for others. Um, And then with that advocacy, people will will see kind of what's going on in this field. Um, And I think that's a big part of it. And then I think also just um, getting out into the community a little bit. I've gone to speak to... um, there's a, there's a school around here. It's a private school and they have, um, I think it's like kinder through eighth grade, but they actually have a sports class. And I don't know what the official title of the class is. They just told me it was a sports class. Um, and they had me come out and talk to them about like my job and things. And I think getting out into the community at schools, you know, if they have some kind of class like that where it's sports or whatever, um, if you have newspaper classes in high school or middle school, going to talk to them about how they can continue that career that's not just working for a newspaper because unfortunately that's kind of a, yeah, a slowly dying field. <laughs> I was trying not to say dying, but slowly dying field. So I think it's a good way because, you know, as much as people like to make comments that SIDs are just going to turn into social media people, there people are always going to need SIDs. There are things that SIDs do that you can't get a, you can't get around. Um, and so I think it's a, a lot of it is to just getting into the community and, informing, you know, going to your communications department on campus or your journalism department, whatever it may be, and trying to talk to them about the the industry. Um, and then if they like it, they'll tell their friends it's cool and things like that. Yeah. Guys, just real quick before we get back to today's episode, I want to tell you about our new show sponsor, Presto Sports. Presto Sports and New Blue recently announced a strategic partnership to launch an innovative new sports streaming solution. With a shared vision to support the video demands of college and university SIDs, Presto Sports and New Blue are making it possible for one person to run a full-scale sports production. You can learn more, guys, at prostosports.com slash SIDcast. Now, let's get back to today's conversation. I think another thing, um, getting out on campus as well, uh, that's how I mm-hmm. kind of figured 
about what it was because my first ever boss, Zach Shore, mm-hmm. he came into my sport management class. Um, yeah. And he started doing work uh, through sidearm literally as he was presenting. Uh, he got on my prof- my <laughs> professor's computer and just started doing work. And I was like, what is this? Like, I, I am ready to go. So I think <laughs> I literally after that, I had one, cl- I had two classes that day. After the second class was over, I literally went to his office and was like, I don't know what you do, but sign me up. Because that, I, I don't know, you can get, <laughs> you can get people in that like that. Yeah. So, um, for sure. Moving around quite a bit. Uh, and there are some people that are yeah. like me, a little apprehensive about it. Uh, some people are totally all for it. We have an intern here who's from Arizona State. I don't understand why, but uh, I, I am all, <laughs> all about staying home. So what would you say to those people who are kind of homebodied a little bit or maybe afraid, to, maybe even a, a, a situation where they're afraid to take a moving risk like that or maybe just nervous? I mean, how do, how do they yeah. work through that? I think – and it's odd because I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm an extrovert or an introvert. But for me, I just like getting out to new places and doing new things. And um, I get a little home, like not homesick. I get a little I, cabin fever, I guess, if I'm somewhere too long, even if I'm not traveling. Um, you know, even if I'm staying in St. Louis, but I'm not traveling with championships and stuff, I get a little, little bit of cabin fever where I'm like, okay, I want to get out and do something else now. Um, and so for me, it's just such a natural thing. I have moved around. I moved when I was two to Texas, when I was five from Austin to Dallas, uh, or eight from Austin to Dallas, and then to California, then to Iowa, then to Colorado, then to Atlanta, and now to St. Louis. So I've moved around a lot, and it's just it's kind of been natural for, for me. It's been since I was little, I've been moving around. And maybe that's why it's so easy for me. But at the same time, um, I think one of the big things is just jumping taking a taking a big leap and doing it I know it can be scary um, but if you've got like the moral support and your friends and your family um, you know I, I've called my parents and my friends back in Atlanta many times you know stressing about did I make the right decision I don't really you know maybe love St. Louis right now like am I what did I do um, and you know they've got you know they got your back as long as you have a good core of people whether it's other SIDs friends from college friends from high school friends from somewhere in life um, or your family, just looking back at them and kind of being like, okay, let them ground you, let them tell you 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 did something okay. And then I think part of it too is, you know, you get to work in a really cool field and there's some really cool places and opportunities that aren't going to always be in your in your hometown or where you grew up and more than likely will never be there. Um, and if you limit yourself in this field, you're, you're missing out on so many great opportunities. Um, and I think you just kind of have to look at it from that side and be like, there's so many cool things I could be doing with my life and great things. Um, if you just hop out of your bubble for a little bit. Um, and I think for me, it's been life changing, obviously to, to get to experience not only different places, but different people and cultures and, um, you know, moving from Dallas to San Diego, very different than to Iowa city, very different, um, all in high school. So you get to experience three different high schools, um, I think you do, it's just something that, you know, if it scares you, go for it. I think that's a Pinterest quote I've probably seen a million times. But um, if it scares you, it's probably going to be worth it. That's kind of where I've, like, let my life flow to. There's a John Wayne quote that I think about a lot here lately, um, especially. It's called, uh, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. I like that. Yeah, so that's one, that's the one that I've been most thinking about here as of late. Um 
other thing I want to know, and other than the obvious, what are some differences that you kind of picked up on or noticed um, when working at, a, at an SID office like at Northern Colorado mm-hmm. versus actually working then at the SCAC now at Missouri Valley? Yeah, I think one of the big things that we all joke about at both conferences I've worked at is it's probably the closest you're going to get to a nine to five job in sports. Um, granted, when you get for us, when you get around conference championship season or especially basketball season here at the Valley, um, it's a long lot of long days and weekends and everything. But um, for the most of the year, especially now in the summer and and kind of in the between seasons, um, it's a lot of nine to five days or eight thirty to five days and. Um, I think that's one thing that I found really beneficial being in a conference office is just a little bit more of a work-life balance. Um, it's very easy for people in our, com- our office to have families and we have, you know, we've have a lot of little kids um, in our office. And so um, it's very easy to have that kind of work-life balance. On the flip side, one thing I miss being at a, at a school is interacting with student athletes. Um, it's really hard. Like, you know, I still want to do a lot of things where I get to tell the student athlete story, whether it's through video or, or social or graphics, whatever it may be. But it's so hard because to do that, I have to, you know, likely make a trip out to a campus. And for us, um, much better than the SEAC where our closest, closest campus was like 16 hours away. Um, but our closest campus is still two hours away. So if I want to go do something, it's, it's a hike. Um, and I've got to, you know, make a whole day of it. I can't go in, you know, in the morning and then come back to work in the afternoon. Um, and so I think that's the part I miss about being on campus is there's so many things that I, I have in my mind and I want to do, but I know I can't because realistically, I'm not gonna be able to make it out to all 10 of our campuses. We have some that are, are going to be more like a six or seven hour drive. And so, um, it's just not the easiest, um, so that's the one, I guess that's the benefit of being at a conference office, but one of the big downfalls too, I think. And then not doing stats on game days. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> depending on what it is, I think I'm totally with you in that. Um, so you wrapped up your first year in the Missouri yes. Valley. Can you just kind of give a little brief overview of how it went? I know we talked a little bit off air about about it. So um, what were some things you weren't expecting to, to cover or experience? Mm-hmm. And then some things that um, maybe other people might be surprised to hear. Yeah, I think, like we said um, before we started recording, um, one of the big things that has been taking over my life this last year, I guess you could say, um, we're a conference that's had a digital media person for, I think, like seven or eight years prior to me. And so we definitely, they were on the cutting edge. Um, That's probably as early as most places we're getting a social media person. Um, And so that's awesome. And that means there's a good foundation and a lot of expectations. But on the flip side, um, I kind of came into a blank slate just because the former person um, was super dedicated to this field and and had, you know, decided personally to invest in a lot of the equipment and everything. And um, so I came into it with all that equipment obviously going away with with him. And so I came in and I was like, okay, we have one camera that's not very great. It's kind of old all right, now we need a new video camera. And okay, all these templates that, you know, has someone's had for eight years now I need to um, remake and things that, you know, they're just so comfortable. When you've had someone for eight years, they know the schedule. They know when you need to have things in for print and programs and things like that. And so for me, it was kind of like, hey, this is due in two days. Where's that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? No one told me this existed. Um, And so that's kind of been my life this first year is a lot of catch up and trying to... um, to figure out what's going on, <laughs> mostly around basketball. Basketball is obviously our biggest sport. Um, and so once we got through basketball, the spring, although much busier, was a lot easier. Um, 
and we ended up having a really, really good spring with in terms of our social media and in terms of our success in the league too. So that helped um, make it a lot more fun for me, I think. But I think going into my next year, it'll be a lot more of like creativity and getting to do things I've wanted to do, but kind of put on the back burner because I needed to keep my head above water. Um, and so I think that's kind of been my first year. Uh, not a negative, just a, it was definitely like a, a getting my bearings year. Gotcha. Well, um, what was, I mean, you went from Division three to Division one. I. I mean, have you? Have you enjoyed any sort of that? I mean, there's different media coverage. I know that you posted something mm-hmm. um, I thought it was hilarious because it's the epitome of Evansville sports about some Purple Aces fans that uh, were not happy about <laughs> something. I don't know. And I knew I was like that. I was like, she has no idea that, that is literally the <laughs> entire city here. So, oh I mean, gosh. what was that? kind of like to experience, um, mm-hmm. maybe even in a media standpoint. Yeah, it's definitely crazier. Like I said, especially around basketball being our huge sport. Um, and we've had a ton of historic success with basketball, um, and men's basketball, especially, but women's as well. Um, and so there's a lot of good, strong fandoms. And one of the biggest things I think is just, I went to a bunch of games, um, went on the road to a bunch of games to film this video series we are doing. And the, I mean, it's a lot of probably alcohol induced, but the um, energy and the anger of some fans, a lot of the times, I only went to a couple Evansville games at Evansville, um, so I didn't experience it too much, but Illinois State, man, they have some rowdy fans, Um, and there was one, I mean, they must have had season tickets because I heard him every game I was there when I sat in the same spot on uh, press row, and it's just, I mean, they're so intense. That's a huge change in D3, like... We had great fans, but they were just parents, you know? Um, so they don't, you know, start cussing out referees and they don't start screaming and booing their own players when they do something dumb. It was just, it's a whole different world when it comes to that. And then media coverage, too. I mean, we had three rows full court length of press um, media and, and stuff at our men's basketball tournament, which is just insane to me. Um, I mean, I don't even know how many seats that would be, but it's a lot. And so, just that kind of stuff is totally different. And then a lot of social media too, things that I like would maybe get like, you know, 10, 15 retweets or whatever on there, you know, now can get 50, 60, hundred plus. Um, so in that way too, it's just a huge change. Um, but it's been really cool. It's, it's just a whole different world. And it's also cool getting to go through the draft at D1 for different sports. Um, we, you know, we might've gotten one or two baseball players drafted in the 35th plus rounds. D three and now we're getting I think we had eighteen baseball players drafted this year so getting to watch that and getting to you know throw out some quick graphics and do things like that um, was really cool. So what are some things I know you kind of talked a little bit about you spent this first year as you said keeping your head above water. Um, mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to next year? I mean, what are some big things you have planned for the Missouri Valley? Yeah, so we well first off we are trying to hire an intern. There's a a college in the area, Maryville University, that has one of the best, I would say, probably sports management programs around. It's sponsored by Rawling, so it's really, really big. Um, and they get their students really, really involved in uh, with us, especially at tournaments and things like that. So we're um, in the process of getting an intern for me, a social media intern. So that'll be super exciting to have someone to help me with kind of the some of the more mundane stuff like player of the week graphics and things like that, but then also free me up to do some cool things. So one of the things we're hoping slash trying to implement this year is a podcast. Um, We want to have it kind of be a players only thing where we 
talk to them. You know, hopefully we find some players with really cool stories, whether it's where they're from, things they do, maybe a weird collection they have, things like that. Um, and just talk to them about those kind of things. That's one of the big things on the horizon. Um, we're doing it. Last year, I did an article for Cosida about this. I went around to all of our campuses and did filmed GIFs and then did like basically a whole library of thousands of GIFs um, for all of our schools in every sport. Uh, and so I'll be doing something similar to that again this year um, in late August, going around to all of our schools. So that's kind of a couple of big things. Um, we've got some other things that are in the process. Um, one of the big things, I guess I should have mentioned this first, it's huge right now. Um, next year is going to be the 30th anniversary of Arch Madness. And so we have a lot of things that we're kind of working on this summer um, and prep for a huge 30th anniversary campaign. Um, we've been talking to a lot of SIDs over the last couple of weeks, getting in contact with former players and coaches and and things like that, trying to get them to film maybe some promo videos. We just got a maybe, strong maybe, about having Fred Van Fleet record one for us. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, working on Kyle Corver too. <laughs> but um, so that's one of the big things that's kind of been like underlying this whole summer. And, and we're going to start the whole, the actual promotion of the 30th anniversary um, just before media day in September. But um, that's kind of been a whole big, huge project that's going to be going on throughout the entire year is just promo for our 30th tournament. It's the second longest running tournament in one city in the nation. You so, mentioned, it's yeah, exciting. you mentioned the, um, the podcast part. And I know that Cosida, you guys just yes. started something new, and I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit. Your Cosida podcast. I mean, um, how can people yes. find that? Uh, maybe they're not aware of it, or how, what would be the best way you would say for them to discover that and then uh, hear even more SIB stories? Yeah, so it is the Cosida Connection podcast, and it's run through the Young Professionals Committee, which Olivia Coiro runs. Um, and it is myself, Kyler Ludlow at Eastern Michigan and Katie Hewitt at Michigan. Um, we all work on that together. Kyla's our, Kyler's our producer and then Katie and Katie are the talent. Um, and we've been doing that for, I think it, I think we started it like last spring, maybe, um, our first episode and we kind of been talking about some, some topics that maybe impact young professionals, whether it's moving or how to find the next step or how to, you know, we had interviewed Jess Poole about diversity um, we've interviewed um, someone as well about mental health and kind of how to ask for help. And and we got Ryan Bauer to tell us his story, which is a really, really cool story about kind of his journey to bettering his mental health. Um, in terms of finding it, there I'm looking on the Cosida website right now because I wanted to double check before I said something. If you go on the Cosida website, there's a professional development tab and there is a link to it. Um, but you can also search it up on the podcast app or on iTunes and just search Cosida Connection Podcast. Um, and you can find it there. We were putting out epi- like about five or six episodes, I think, last year. And now we uh, are moving it to a quarterly thing. We've got some really good ideas. We planned a lot of it out during Cosida Convention um, this this year and have some really cool stuff coming for the next year. Awesome. Uh, how did you get involved in something like that? I mean, we, we spoke a little bit about um, some of the committees and mm-hmm. convention and everything a couple of weeks ago, maybe going on a month ago. It's been a while since I've actually yeah. you know, done a one-on-one interview, but um, <laughs> how did you get about to be involved in this and how can other people get involved in something like this? Yeah. So I got involved in committees, gosh, I guess my first year I like heard about them and I was like, that's pretty cool. And so I sent an email um, I think it's to Lori. Maybe there might be a way on the website now to apply for committees. 
Um, but I went through just Cosida and was like, I want to be on a committee. I don't really care. Here's the one. I think they let you pick like preferences. And so my first committee was publications. And, you know, with that, you're just a judge for some contests. Um, it's a pretty low key, um, committee role. You just end of year or whatever dates you have, you judge some things. Um, and so I did that my first year. And then I think it was, I don't know, like February, January, February in my first year at the SCAC. Um, clearly I've been on Facebook posting my stuff enough because, people recognized my name and I was reached out to by um, Aaron Saygraves, who was on the board or still is on the board. I don't know. Um, and was the board li- liaison for the new media committee. He's like, Hey, we heard you know, you were doing some really cool stuff. We need new chairs for the new media committee. We're thinking of like a tri chair system. And so it was myself, Chris Sabato, and then um, one other person who were the tri chairs of the new media committee um, for that first, first few months. Um, and that was just a pretty low key thing too. We had a couple conference calls and that was about it. And then, um, that summer, I think is when Cosida instituted some new rules for committees where they wanted to have one chair, one vice chair. And then, you know, there were limits on committee membership and things like that. So we ended up deciding I would be the chair of the committee and then Chris would be my vice chair. Um, and so it's been like that for this is my last year going into my last year on the committee as a chair. Um, and so that was kind of just how I got involved with that as they reached out to me. Um, and then now I'm on the young professionals committee with Olivia. And that was when they asked her to be chair. Um, and she mentioned it. I was like, I would love to be a part of that. Obviously, I like to think I'm a young professional. Um, I'm still only 26. so I'm not old yet. Um, and so I was like, I'd love to be a part of that. You know, it's a new committee. So you kind of have your own you have to make your own rules for what you're doing. Um, and so I did that. And then from there, just kind of got involved with the podcast from there. And, but, um, it's been fun. I love being on committees. It, I think it's, it's none of them, as far as I know, are very high maintenance. Um, my, you know, the new media committee, we have like quarterly conference calls and you, you're required to do basically one thing per year and you get to pick your month and you get to pick what you're doing, um, for some website content. But, um, I think it's really important to be involved. It's not just a resume thing either. I think, it helps you grow as well. You know, some of the things we've written for Cosida website, we might've had to go out and research. Um, and so by researching that, then we're learning more. Um, and we've also, a lot of my committee members have gotten to be part of Cosida panels at convention and, and things like that. So it opens some opportunities for you as well. I want to go back to something about the conference office that I just kind of thought of here. So there's okay. several SIDs out there that maybe want to better their communication with the conference office. Um, what would be one way that you think that they could do that? I mean, what is the dynamic like and how do you think people can improve that if they're not liking where they're at? Yeah, I think we lucked out at the SCAC. We had for the most part, a really, really good relationship with all of our SIDs. Um, some of them were really good friends with still are, um, here I don't work with SIDs quite as much just because obviously being in a social media position, I, I do work with them to get photos and things, but that's about it. Um, but at the SCAC, I guess to be a better example, and some of it's just communicating. I mean, it's, it's not even just like, there's not really a real technique. A lot of it is actually communicating instead of getting frustrated about things and then telling another SID in the conference who might be our good friend. And then they're going to tell us and now you have a little bit of conflict there and now it's weird. Yeah. We had that a couple of times where it was like, they talk crap about us to another SID fully aware that that person's one of our good friends and will go right back to us. But um, then you have all this tension and it becomes weird. And we had some issues with that. And I think a lot of it is just like actually talking. 
Um, you know, and with us, it was a really unique situation where we weren't close. We couldn't go to a game on a, you know, if there was an, a game close or something, we couldn't go to a conference game. We are 16 hours away from our closest school. Um, you know, so we only got to go see these people at conference championships and then, you know, maybe at Cosida convention or something. And so we were in kind of a unique situation where we had to communicate a lot via email or phone. And so we just tried to keep that line open. And I think that's a huge thing is there, everyone's trying to be on the same team. Everyone is working for the same goal, which is to promote the student athlete, to promote the schools and the programs. And once everyone realizes that and acknowledges that's true, <laughs> I think it becomes a lot easier. I think a lot of times conferences and schools feel like they're competing against each other. Um, and that obviously creates a lot of tension because you're now trying to do something better than someone else or before someone else or um, against someone else. And that just creates a lot of unnecessary tension and, and conflict. I think a lot of people um, don't like to uh, confront, I guess, not yeah. really confront, but they're more or less afraid to just talk about, yeah. which absolutely baffles me um, to, have, to harbor some sort of angst. Uh, yeah. and, and like you said, it'll make it weird. And then the, <laughs> then the, well, then the mission becomes misaligned, right? You're all yeah. here for the same thing and all here for the same reason. That's to better your student athletes. It's not like if you mm-hmm. let like a grudge with another SID or maybe the con like get in the way, you're not in it for the right reason right now. And, and I think that, yeah. that might be that. Um, I want to move forward to some fun questions I like to ask. And you know this because okay. you've been on and I constantly have to remind myself, but uh, <laughs> let's see. And you know, some of these questions. So uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure. Oh man. So th- it happened this, this year actually. So we hosted the Midwest regional in Kansas city this year for men's basketball. And my job was pretty low key. I was kind of there as like, if anyone needed help, ask me to do something. But, um, during games, I was doing stuff on the video board. And then after games, I got to be the one in the locker room filming the bracket sticker video. Um, and so we had Auburn, Kentucky, Houston, and oh, geez, someone else. UNC. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, UNC. The other UNC. Um, we had them in our thing. And this was during Auburn's first game. And Chuma Okihi goes down during the game. You know it's not good when you watch it. We watched replays um, up in the video board room. And we knew it wasn't going to be good. We knew it was likely a season-ending kind of thing. And so I had to go down. Auburn wins the game. I had to go down to their locker room to film this video. And we're standing in there. And they're obviously having a very emotional discussion. Um, we're inside the locker room, but not in the room where like where they're all meeting. So you can kind of hear hear their coach Bruce Pearl talking to them, and and we kind of know what's going on, and we're like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Like, do we do this? Like, now we have to throw this bracket in their face and have them put a sticker on it, and it was really awkward. But so we, you know, they come out and they're like, do we have to do this? And we're like, I think so. Like, we don't know. The NCAA told us to do it. So we walk back in there with them, and you know, we're trying to figure out who to give the sticker to, who's going to put it on there. I've got my phone out recording. And Chuma gets held up and goes and puts it on. It was a really, really cool video. Um, he goes and puts it on the thing. And, you know, everyone's kind of crying, but everyone's rallying around him because they love him. And it was a really cool moment to be not just like seeing on a video, but literally to be next to him filming it um, and get to watch, you know, the super emotional, but also like 
obviously the really, really happy and excited moment of them getting to put their name on the bracket to say they're advancing. Awesome. Um, what about the other side of the corner? What's your biggest horror story? Oh, gosh. Um, if you don't have one, that's fine. I'll luckily, I haven't had a lot. Um, they're like I've had issues on like conference calls, but I haven't had any like game day horror stories, luckily. Um, but I have had some conference calls that have gotten a little heated. But conference calls suck, so makes sense. Yeah, and nobody, <laughs> I, <laughs> nobody likes them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everybody no. doesn't like meetings. So, um, well, that's all right then. Let's move on here. Uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about this profession. Ooh, I don't think I want to stay in the social digital realm forever. I know I don't want to stay in it forever, but um, I don't know how much longer. I, I, the thing about being at a D three conference I really enjoyed was getting to do so many different things. Um, and I had goals and plans that I wanted to become a commissioner. So I think my, my goals and plans are to eventually become the boss. And so I guess I'd like to learn more about that in general. It's a very generic statement, but I want to get to a point in my career later, hopefully not super later, um, where I can be in that role. And I think I just want to learn kind of more leadership things and get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, communication. <laughs> Seems like an easy one, but apparently it's not. Um, I think good communication skills and attention to detail, obviously. Um, but I also think just like, I think it would be a skill that a lot of SIDs that I know need to, to gain is the ability to relax sometimes um and be a little more laid back about things um obviously there are things that are very serious and need to be taken seriously but i think a lot of the a lot of the really good sids i know um and not saying the other ones aren't good but a lot of the ones i know that are really really good and you know maybe seem a little bit happier and have a little bit better mental health are the ones who tend to kind of let things roll off their back if it's negative or if it does, if something doesn't go how they wanted it to, the ones who are able to just roll with the punches. Um, I think those are the ones I think that seem the most happy and successful and things like that. So I think being able to, you know, be, pay attention to detail and communicate and roll with the punches and chill. So, so far, um, and I know you've only been there a year, but the mm-hmm. next time someone is in St. Louis, which is everybody should definitely go if you haven't been or go again if you already have um what's uh your restaurant bar recommendation oh um so i actually haven't gone to a lot of bars here i don't really have a social life which is great (laughs) um i've saved a lot of money this year Uh um but bar so i live in a little neighborhood called lafayette square adorable place it's about a mile yeah i see you post pictures and i'm just like where is this yeah yeah i'm like a mile i would say less than a mile and a half from enterprise center um, where they oh it's got to be less than a mile and a half so like a mile from Enterprise Center where the the Blues play and then about two miles from Bush Stadium so it's walking if you're miserable and want to walk um, <laughs> but I walked to the Blues Parade so that's the only reason I know how long it is oh, okay. um, and so it's a cute little neighborhood near downtown we have this place called Square One Brewery and Distillery um, so they make their own beer and make their own liquor um, and they have really good food too so that's a good place um, and then Ballpark Village is always fun. 
in terms of bars. And then restaurants, mm-hmm. got to get barbecue. You have Pappy's. You have Sugar Fire. When I talk There's to some other Mitchell, cool places. Maybe, I don't know. Like two months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what that was called. Pappy's? No, it was Sugar Fire. Oh, really? Yes. And I was just trying to like describe it to him. And he was looking at me because we had Skype. And he was looking at me. <laughs> and that's what it was oh gosh yes i love that i'm like sugar fire is so good i had it on sunday night for dinner it's delicious yes absolutely um if anybody or uh work-life balance what did you have fun before we get to that Mm, i'm pretty into like art and home decor kind of stuff so um i have a lot of things in my apartment that i painted myself um wall art and stuff so i like to do that that's pretty relaxing and then um, shopping and spending all my money on home decor <laughs> is also very relaxing until I have to look at my checking account balance. Um, but I, I'm pretty low-key. I just like to chill. I watch – one of the things that um, changed when I got to St. Louis, um, I've always been a baseball fan in general. And I've always – my dad's from Pittsburgh, so I always grew up a Pirates fan. Um, but now that I'm out here, I have uh, officially stolen my friend's MLB TV login. And last summer and this summer, I've gotten really, really into baseball, um, more so than I was before when I'm actually watching almost every single Pirates game. And so um, that's something else that relaxes me. I mean, just sitting there reading. I read a lot, too. Reading, mm-hmm. watching some baseball, chilling with a glass of wine. That's kind of my <laughs> my go-to laid-back night. Uh-huh. Awesome. Um, now, if anybody had any questions for you, want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it? Absolutely. You can slide into my DMs on Twitter um, at Katie Mucci, K-A-T-I-E-M-U-C-C-I. You can probably find me on Facebook easily. My name is not that common. And um, obviously you can email me at kmucci, K-M-U-C-C-I at mvc.org. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Second time around, I will link, I think I'll say this in the intro, I will link uh, the first episode Perfect. that we did episode number 50 yeah you, uh, it was an anniversary episode, episode wasn't it it was it was number 50 and Ooh. it was just after uh our year one anniversary actually. that's so right now, i remember that now you are 127 okay <laughs> and we're approaching three years so that's uh, crazy it's been, yeah, congrats it's quite the ride yeah i know it's it's headache it's a love-hate <laughs> relationship sometimes right now with me hitting uh stop recording on accident That's definitely a hate relationship. So uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And congrats on your new job and this podcast and everything. Thank you.